You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. Susie Hunt. And we are continuing Christmas Horror Round 3 with episode 163, Rare Exports from 2010. Uh, It's an hour and 24 minutes, and I'm going to butcher everybody's name in this, but directed by Jamari Halander, who also did Sisu and the Big Game. Uh, Let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks of this classic uh, Christmas horror movie. Susie, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts? I really like this movie. I was really excited when it finally made the cut this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And forget the fact that I think it's been on here every year that we've done this before. But I watch this every year now. I watched it the first year when it didn't make it because I thought it was, I was like, oh, hey. And I know I've told you guys before that sometimes I'll go and watch movies that don't make the cut. And then I watched it again last year and I watched it yesterday. And I really enjoy this movie. It's kind of a slow burn. Mm -hmm. It feels longer than an hour and 24 minutes. Yeah. But watching it critically, my God, you know how much I fucking hate Andy from Child's Play. <laughs> Not a fan of uh, Patari, or however you say his name? I'm just going to call him Petey. Yeah, <laughs> little Petey. Not a, Petey doesn't fucking listen. He talks too goddamn much. His his friend Yuso is Yusoless. <laughs> Tell me he does not look like a finished Danny Cooksey from Terminator 2. He really does. He really does. And you know his little feather, his little feather earring. <laughs> yep. I mean, you got a naked, bloody quote Santa. Mm-hmm. What's there not to love? You got a pig's head, and you have for right now for the listeners. I'm just gonna say the movie's really about human trafficking. Pretty but I'll much. amend that. I'll amend that statement at the end. But <laughs> I, I really, really like it. I, I love holiday movies that take place where it's snowing and always cold and god damn it it goes from light to like pitch black with a blink of an eye like seriously it does out here (laughs) i i have a question about that later in the film where i'm like wait wasn't it literally just morning like seconds ago (laughs) yeah yeah i mean they're in finland i don't know much about like finland stuff but does it (laughs) The sun is afraid of Finland. One day is only two or sunlight's two hours. (laughs) Apparently. That's what I was going to ask. Like, is it because when I I, you both know I went to Ireland before Mm. and it stayed lighter, much later into the day. Like it was still like dusk (laughs) at 10 p.m. So I'm wondering if like maybe there's some kind of like magic Oh, and let's not forget the fucking Santa that's creepy as fuck and you never see. Mm-hmm. But this, no. I, I don't know. I just, I love this movie, but I, I do, I got, I got questions. Apparently and the... kids, kids smoking. Yep. Do you have a light? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Apparently uh, they don't give their son two scoops of raisins, so he doesn't hang out there very long. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I like it. I like this movie a lot. This is now one of my yearly watching things. Yeah, no, for me, it, it's it's been on my, my Christmas list uh, for a few years now. I didn't watch it last year, though. I kept meaning to, and I, I just never got around to it. 
But uh, Maurice, we'll throw it over to you. What are your thoughts on this movie? Uh, I was just going to say, I think I don't think I watched it last year, but I think uh, because I I usually watch a movie while we were were recording. And I think I watched it while we were watching or recording a podcast last year. So I did watch (laughs) it, but not. It was background. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I try to watch it every year. I, I, I like this movie as well. It's it, it really is a slow burn, but uh, you know it gets the it gets to the point. So I mean, once it gets to the point, everything picks up. So right, that's when it becomes yeah. fun. You know, you you find uh, uh, Mr. Green. <laughs> yep. <laughs> who he, who's you know not who find, they think he is. Find out he's but, uh, uh, somebody else. Yeah, uh, and you got na- old man in a pimp coat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your friendly neighborhood Santa Claus. But uh, no, I uh, let's see. Uh, uh, really, there was nothing like like kill wise. It wasn't really like grotesque or anything. It wasn't really violent per se. But no, you you really only see one death on screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, like everything else is off screen. Yeah, that's true. I you know I I don't know. I don't really find uh, Pietre or whatever his name is that annoying. He's the hero of the show of the movie. <laughs> no, he's he annoying. I'm 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 only kidding. okay. He's a- <laughs> I was gonna say, come on, Maurice. He becomes the hero. If he becomes the hero, but he's a fucking annoying little brat. He, Maurice, he, Maurice related to him running around in his tidy whities in the snow. I oh wrote that. Goodness. I go, why is he running around in the snow in his underoos? <laughs> Those were so t- tight. But they weren't whiteies, though. No, they're, they were they're blueies. blueies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, poor kid. Keeps running around like that. He'll never reach manhood. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll always stay blueies. Hi-oh. It's, it's shrinkage. <laughs> Uh, I like how they keep you guessing. You know, you really don't know. I mean, after a while, you're, you know, it's like, okay, it has something to do with Santa Claus, but. Right. What? You know, is this good Santa Claus? Is this another Krampus movie? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, overall, I enjoy it. Um, slow burn, but it's worth it. It's worth it in the end. So, you know, I, I actually uh, like while while I agree that the it does take a while to get going, um, I would say the first about the first 20 minutes of the movie. It, it's it's a lot of setup. But then once once it gets going, yeah, it, it doesn't really slow down. It just keeps on trucking right till the end of the film. Um, so like every time I've, I've watched it, I, I definitely like the first about the first 20 minutes or so is kind of when I'm tuning in and out, <laughs> like I'm dicking around on my phone or drawing. and then kind of like once it gets to Christmas morning, it's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> it's like, we just keep <laughs> on moving. Um, but yeah, I, I do really like this film. Um, I love the, the sets, like the, just the look of everything. Uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, but little Petey's house. Um, it's just, it's cool looking, but, uh, and then uh, I'm still, his I'm dad's just gonna... name is Raffi. <laughs> See, I just kept calling him dad. Cause it's like Rano, Rano Catillo or something like that. It's Patari Catino <laughs> or Catillo and yeah, Rano like, Catillo. Yeah, I think it's Rano or something or. Yeah, it's, it's R-A- R-A-U-N-O. So like Rano. 
Uh, but I'm, yeah, I call him dad throughout the movie. <laughs> um, dad or da? Da, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, I am a little pissed that we never do get to fully see Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, that's my one complaint about the movie. But, uh, you know, I mean, you kind of see him. And it's like, all right. But I, I would have liked to see him in action. Um, but yeah, it's overall, it's a fun movie. And uh, I think this is only the second uh, foreign language film we've covered because we did Raw. And I think this is the, the, only the second one we've done. Yeah. So Raw's a good one. It is. And, and it's, it's even better when you have uh, Hibbert on here doing his Frenchman accent. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. But uh, yeah, I mean, so... they're... they're no, oh, go ahead. Finish. I was gonna say there are other ones that I would love to get on here, uh, like the Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth, the Orphanage, stuff like that. Um, but again, those are all really good movies, so it's kind of hard to poke fun at them. <laughs> so, what well, were you gonna say? I mean, this is a really good movie, and I can poke fun at it. So True. here, going forward, for our English listeners, to make things easy, we have Petey, Dad. Dad. We have. Da, we have Da, we have the Big Lebowski, who's the blonde guy. <laughs> Paparian. Yep. And then we have George, is, <laughs> is Yuso's dad. I think, uh, was it uh, Amo is his name? Amo? Yeah. yeah. We just call him, call him George. <laughs> See, I'm going to fuck my notes all up then. <laughs> but, but well, yeah. that's what I named him, but okay. But yeah. Ah. it's all of the names like we're going to get into the cast here now i I can almost guarantee that every listener uh has probably not seen any of these other movies i know i haven't um and i don't know like how readily available they are uh at least over here in the states but um yeah just expect me to butcher everybody's name as i go through the cast so i apologize in advance but we have uh uh, patari cotillo or cantillo Played by Oni Tamilia. Uh, he was in Big Game, The Legacy, and Sisu. Then we have Rano Catillo, played by Yorma Tomilia. Uh, he's actually real-life son and father. So um, the, the, the characters in the movie that are playing you know, father and son, they actually really are in real life. But wow. he, he was also in Big Game, The Legacy, Sisu, and Priest of Evil. Then you have Amo, played by Tomi Kerpella. He was in uh, Coupla and Night of the Living Dicks, which cracked me up when I saw that. Is that a porn? I don't know, and I didn't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Night like, of the Dicks. Night of the Living Dicks, yeah. Maybe it's like Spotted Dick, like you can get in England. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't think so. <laughs> and also, getting a Spotted Dick sounds like a disease, but just saying. Um, <laughs> you don't want to get a Spotted Dick. Then we have uh, Paparian, played by Rano Yovano. <laughs> um, that special summer, priest of evil and wingman, and then Yuso. Holy hell, I don't know how to say his name. It's like Imari Javanpa. <laughs> um, he was in Look of a Killer, Village People, Wingman, and Psych. So, man, this whole movie—I am going to just be butchering names. But the basic plot for anyone who has not seen this movie that uh, is in the depths of the Corventuri Mountains. 486 meters deep lies the closest ever guarded secret of Christmas. The time has come to dig it up. This Christmas, everyone will believe in Santa Claus. So basically, 
these guys are digging up a big secret that is buried under a mountain outside of Finland. So we open with a calendar countdown. It says 24 days until Christmas. We cut in on an office where we see a foreman of the drilling operation talking to the owner of the company. This is Riley, the old man, the old man in the pimp coat. Yep. Uh, he's the only one with a normal name. Well, him and uh, what is it? Mr. Tom? Green. Mr. Green. What was his name? Thomas? Was he Tom Green? No. No, think... no. His middle name was, it was Jonathan. Jonathan Thomas Green. Ah, okay. Um, I was like, I know there was a Tom in there. You know but... who could say these names for us? Who's that? Abba. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they could. Sweden, Finland, they're like cousins. Right. Um, but we find out that they're drilling into the mountain. The foreman shows the boss what they found 65 uh, th- that they found deep in the mountain, 65 feet of sawdust. He said at first he thought they were drilling into an old tree, but then there was just too much of it. And it didn't make any sense. Riley tells him that in the olden days, people used to p- pack ice and sawdust. The entire mountain is a giant ice box. The foreman asks for what? And the boss tells him to, to dig deeper and they'll find out. So he then gives everyone a list of the new company rules and tells them in no uncertain terms that everyone is to get a copy of the new safety instructions, which are no drinking, no smoking, no cursing, wash behind your ears. Like it's a whole that list one of, made me laugh. <laughs> right, me too. Whole list of things on how to be good. Uh, the foreman laughs, telling the boss that this is some funny shit, but the boss grabs him by the ear and tells him to watch his mouth that it's Christmas time. <laughs> that, that part cracked me up. He's like, watch your mouth. It's Christmas time. But we cut outside where we see uh, two young boys, this is Patari and Yuso, watching the men work <laughs> the And the men pull up a new sample and show it to the boss, who is extremely excited. It almost brings him to tears. He explains to the men that something he has waited for since childhood is about to come true. He goes on to explain that they're standing on top of one of the biggest graves in the world, something that puts the Great Pyramids to shame. He then goes on to tell them they have 24 days to break in, and to get the dynamite ready, that they have a grave to rob. So Patari and Yuso run off to their snowmobile at the base of the mountain, and I'm like, how the fuck did they get down there that quick? Because <laughs> they it's like finished magic. They turned around, and suddenly they were not only at the base of the mountain, but all the way at the gate, like at the edge of the property. That they cut a hole in, which is going to come into play in a moment. Right. But it's like, damn, those kids moved quick. <laughs> but... Patari asks Yuso if Santa is dead and buried in the mountain, and Yuso laughs at him for still believing in Santa Claus and calls him a baby. Patari mentions, what about the Santa who came to our houses? And Yuso tells him that that's their dad's friend, Paparian, in a costume. The boys then hear an explosion. They look up to the top of the mountain where they see a gray and black smoke, like smoke cloud coming up, forming what almost looks like a horned head. Foreshadow. Chekhov's smoke horn head. <laughs> Chekhov's smoke monster. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we now cut to a montage of Patari reading up on Santa Claus while the opening credits roll. The stories all paint him to be more of a monster, walking barefoot through the snow, stealing, punishing, and eating children who are naughty. So Punish. <laughs> naughty. <laughs> so now Santa's more like Krampus. He really is. And that's that's the thing. Like they paint him that you have like in these drawings, some kind of like traditional Father Christmas paintings. And then you have like more of the mix between the traditional Krampus and Father Christmas. 
And then you have some that just straight up look like Krampus from the movie Krampus, where it's just like, you know, the hangy, jowly Santa face. Like, I'm sure he wasn't supposed to be wearing the Santa face like he is in Krampus. But, um, you know, it just very much looked like Krampus. So I, I liked some of those drawings, though. I was like, that's some cool artwork. I did, too. But so now after the, the opening credits, we cut to a calendar countdown and it says one. So we see a man outside. He's building a spike pit trap, uh, covering it with branches and snow and hanging a hog's head over top of it. In the distance, like, we hear wolves howl. I always think of motel hell. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Anytime yeah. I see a hog's head. <laughs> but we find out quickly that this man is uh, Patari's father, Rano, or Rhino, or however you say it. Rhino. We'll just call him Rhino. Um, <laughs> and they live in a small house out in the woods. Now, I love how Dad wakes Patari up because he hucks a snowball at the window, scaring the piss out of him and knocking him over. This is something my dad has absolutely done to me. You I fell remember... asleep in your underoos sitting on top of suitcases at your window? No, I fell asleep in my room in my underoos. That is true. But <laughs> um, but no, there's many a times I remember my dad getting ready for work. You know, he, he always left around like four in the morning. And be in my brother's room. He would take a big fucking snowball and huck it at the window to scare the crap out of us. So I was like, yeah, I can relate to that. I've had that happen. You'd jump up in the middle of the night because something just exploded on your window. The but, funnier uh, part would be if he ever broke the window. Yeah, I know, because he'd be the one paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Although he'd be like, ah, damn it, look what you did. You broke the window. <laughs> it's coming out of your allowance. Oh, man. But Patari wakes up and sees that the Christmas lights around his window have gone out and there are footprints on the roof outside his room. He spazzes and goes outside in his undies to talk to his dad, who is in a workshop butchering a hog, much to Patari's dislike. Patari asks his dad why he turned the lights off, to which his father asks who would look at who would look at them all night. He then asks if dad was on the roof outside his window, which his father thinks is ridiculous and tells him no. Patari mentions First he me. tells him, don't ask me dumb questions or something like that. <laughs> right. He's like, you're wasting my time, kid. <laughs> but then he's like, what about the chimney sweep? And dad was like, no one was on the roof. <laughs> he then tells him to get dressed. They're going to the roundup today. Uh, basically, it's a bunch of hunters corralling reindeer for meat and pelts to sell. So Patari goes and gets dressed. He opens the first day of his advent calendar. Uh, or I'm sorry, not the first day, but he opens the day, uh, I think it was the 23rd of his advent calendar, and then tapes, yeah. tapes the 24th shut. So we cut to the two of them round, <laughs> uh, riding to the roundup on their snowmobile. They arrive at a clearing in the woods with several other hunters, including Yuso and his dad, Amo, and as well as their friend, Paparian. Uh, dad gives Patari a gun, telling him, this is yours now. We see a huge wooden pen with an electric fence that the, man pl the men plan to corral the deer into. Every time I see an electric fence in my head, I hear the Ren and Stimpy don't whiz on the electric fence song. Yep. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, don't whiz on the electric fence. Yeah, so moments later, they see two runty reindeer come running by. But it's just the two. There's not a whole, like, flock of them or whatever you call what herd? Herd of deer? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I was like, I didn't know. I'm like, what do you call deer? Is it a herd? I think it's a herd. But it's, it's just the two. So Patari, his father, Yuso, and some of the other men go off to investigate. They come upon a field with slaughtered reindeer outside the gates bordering the mountain. Um, oh, one thing I, I forgot to mention is uh, Patari does explain to the group 
that because of the blasting at the digging operation, it's <laughs> rattling the wildlife and sending the wolves out. So they need to be careful. Which the, the wolf thing never pays off, but you know the wildlife being rattled does. So yeah. they go to to find the you know to, to find out what's going on. Like I said, they come up upon a, a, a field of slaughtered reindeer outside the gates bordering the mountain. So they find the gate was cut open because, as you mentioned, Yuso and Patari cut it open. Uh, but the men don't know that, and Yuso is determined to keep it that way as he threatens Patari, telling him that he better not snitch. He's like, bitches get stitches, or snitches get stitches, bitch. Yep. <laughs> so, And I mean, his mullet is much more mulletous, thus exerting his dominance over his younger friend. This is true. That's how you know he was a no-good kid. He had that yeah. long mullet. <laughs> it was like if Scott Farkas had an epic mullet in a Christmas story. You know, okay, now I gotta ask, this is totally off topic, but I, I just watched the uh, the second one, or not the second one, but the new one, A Christmas Haven't story. watched it yet. I'm not gonna ruin it for you, but I didn't, because I, I had the subtitles on. This is the first time that I've watched anything relating to A Christmas Story with the subtitles on, because <laughs> I used to just watch it on TBS. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Did you know that his name is not Scott? It's Scut, S C U T. For some really? reason, I knew that. I knew that. I never knew that. In fact, I kept going. Is are they just? Is it the subtitles wrong? So I looked it up on IMDb, and I saw Scut Farkas, and I went no. And I went back and looked at the original, and I was like, holy shit, it is. It's Scut Farkas. Well, that's why he's such a bully. His parents named him Scut. It sounds <laughs> know, like right? something that like. If you don't like, you think it's a toot, and really it's a poot, and then you're like, "Oh, scut." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like slang for something, <laughs> like something dirty and nefarious, possibly so, illegal. Something dirty and moist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gross! Is it but, the starting of Fumunda cheese? Oh, you got to clean the scut off you. Or else it turns into cheese. <laughs> it turns into that that Fumunda. Uh, that's nasty. <laughs> but, so anyway, uh, Dad asks Amo how much money they lost with the reindeer, and he tells him about 85000 Dad gets furious and blasts the gates open with his gun. Paparian tells him the guards on the operation have been told to shoot trespassers on sight, but Dad don't give a fuck. He wants a word with him about his lost revenue. He's like, I'd like to speak to the manager. <laughs> he went full Chad. He did. <laughs> well, uh, now there's this little uh, creepy part where Patari lifts up one of the carcasses and sees bloody human footprints and comments to himself, he was hungry. <laughs> it's like, that's creepy. But the men head, uh, head up to the dig site. And again, it's it's gone from day to night. It's already night by the time they arrive there. Right. So using <laughs> using this scene as reference. Mm-hmm. They're out there in the morning and it takes them all fucking two hours of the day to get up to the top. Right. How the fuck did the boys get up there and back while it was still daylight? Right. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, how did these kids get down there? Like, did, did finish freaking, uh, what is his name? Tommy Cook or, what, or uh, Danny Cookso? Did he freaking throw Patari down there? Like, just huck him down the mountain? How did they get he down there? He might have. In... Finnish listeners, does time work differently in Finland? Is it like in Australia where the water flows backwards when you flush? <laughs> oh, they have toilet frogs. No, thank you. 
No, Australia, just everything wants to kill you. That's true. <laughs> Maybe a dingo ate your baby. Maybe a dingo ate your reindeer. <laughs> oh, no, that's just Mr. Dingo. His, his name is Dingo. That's all. That's um, right. <laughs> so they head off to the to the dig site, guns loaded, ready for a fight. But they find the place empty, and it looks like everyone left in a hurry. The men find a huge hole in the ground, and Patari's dad throws a flare down into the pit, which seems to go on forever. Patari's in the office looking at a photo of something trapped in the ice down in the hole. Cut back to Patari's house. He staples the 24th shut on his advent calendar and shows Yuso some of the info that he found on the real Santa, how he was a monster and would punish naughty children. Yuso thinks this is absolutely ridiculous and tells him it's just some fairy tales. Until Patari shows him the photo from the dig site and tells him some fairy tales are real. But Yuso is like, what the fuck are you showing me? It's a black hole. For skull <laughs> it's, fucking. It's, it's a black hole with a dot in it. But yes. He goes on to explain how the people that lived there before got sick of the monster and lured him out onto a lake. The ice broke underneath him, the lake froze solid, and the people dug up the ice block in the summer and then built the mountain around it, trapping Santa inside. Yuso finds this completely ridiculous and laughs at Patari. Patari once again tries to tell him that they should confess for what they did, and Yuso tells him his dad would kill him if he finds out the reindeer died because of him. So he basically threatens him again. He's like, you ain't saying shit, you little bitch. Like, <laughs> Danny Cooksey gets pissed. But, uh, so Yuso leaves, and Patari and his dad have some gingerbread cookies for dinner because dad burnt the rest of dinner. That's you know, all they eat in this movie. Thank like, you. There's no other that. food. That it's only gingerbread cookies in any scene that someone's eating. So they only so, eat gingerbread cookies, and dad's like, are you hungry? <laughs> Sit down. And then he asks him, like, Petey starts asking dad questions, and he's like, all good children should be in bed now. You are done. <laughs> Finish your cookie. Finish your so I, that I, cookie there. I did some digging around, and mm -hmm. today, uh, this might be the most plausible one. Like, right today, uh, daylight is from 9.07 to 3.15. No shit. Yeah, and this is, what, December 7th? And Yeah, and they're, they're right close around to Christmas. Then. Yeah. So, yeah, it's only uh, today, six hours and eight minutes of daylight. So they might actually huh. only have, like, two hours of daylight by Christmas time. Yeah. And then you know what happens? Once Christmas comes, then it turns into 30 days of night, and that's a whole different movie. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, Batari mentions that the, that the cookies are really good. They're just like Mom used to make. Dad looks happy, but sad at the same time, cluing us into that something happened to Mom. We never find out what happened to Mom, but this kind of is like, okay, well, clearly Mom's gone. I think uh, she's dead. I yeah. think Santa ate her. <laughs> or she fell into one of his illegal wolf traps. He's like, ah, shit. Right? I told you not to go for the hoghead woman. <laughs> she... <laughs> we could live on gingerbread cookies. <laughs> She's like, I really wanted bacon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but Patari asks his dad if he's been, he goes, do you think I've been good? And this is where he tells him all good boys are in bed by now. <laughs> and sends him <laughs> to his room. Fuck your cookie. <laughs> Real quick side note. So you both know that we went to visit family in Pennsylvania for what I call the pig harvest. 
they call it the butchering. So I learned an awful lot. Like I actually, I helped like, you know, take the meat from the bones and helped with all of that. But like, so it's Aunt Marianne's family that does it. So her father, when he was alive and when the family, like way back in the olden times used to do this. Mm -hmm. And there was actually a man there who used to do this and said, yeah, we did this every year. Now they just discard the pig's head. Mm -hmm. But they literally used to take every ounce, every little scrap of meat off the pig. Oh, yeah. Like they would they would take all the meat from the, the head, the face, the ears, everything. I just found that fascinating. I mean, not for nothing, but like the cheek meat is actually really good. Like uh, Sam and yeah, Travis. That's, what, that's that? what the guy told me. He said cheek meat is really, really tender and, and good. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Uh, and Sam and Travis did a pig roast several years back at um, at Sausage Fest, and uh, when Travis was cooking the cooking the pig, like me and him were talking, and he sliced a little piece of the cheek out, and he's like, "Here, there's not a lot of this." He's like, "But try this," and it was fucking awesome. Like it was some of the best meat I've ever had. And so, yeah, no, that's there's there's some good meat in the head. However, uh, the the old school way of, you know, turning everything into head cheese and all that. No, no, no. I'm good. Um, I tried pig's liver when I was down there. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Do not recommend. It was not good. See, I now, did I, swallow the bite, but then I, I threw the rest out. I genuinely like liver, but I don't know. I've never had pig's liver, so I don't it's know if a, I would like it. It's a different consistency. Yeah. Like, that, it's... Well, they offered me something similar to what I think is head cheese, and I politely declined. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't want no head cheese. But as far as liver goes, the only ones I've ever had is about, like, beef liver and, like, chicken liver. So. Yeah. But, anywho, back to the movie. Um, so, yeah, Patari heads up to bed. And um, upstairs we see he takes watch at the window waiting for Santa, but falls asleep. Cut to the men from the dig site at a nearby hangar. The foreman is on the radio with the boss telling the boss that or, or, I'm sorry, he's on the radio with the boss and the boss is asking him if the cargo is ready. The foreman tells him no, and it's not what he thinks it is. <laughs> the boss asks him again if the, if the cargo is ready and the foreman says it still has a pulse. The boss tells him everything will be fine. Just follow the safety instructions to which the foreman tells him, fuck your safety instructions. As soon as he says that. Suddenly, all the men go quiet, and the foreman looks around and sees they're gone, and their helmets are just left spinning on the ground. Suddenly, meanwhile, so no, finish that, finish that. I was like, suddenly, someone with bare feet and like dirty ass legs steps into frame. Dun dun dun. Meanwhile, Petey is asleep. He's got mm -hmm. his little jingle jingle keys with his chamber pot next to yep. him to wake him up, and he's asleep. But in his mind, he's singing to the keys. If you want to destroy my sweater, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because <laughs> yeah, that's... he kind of let goes of the keys and then it starts unraveling his sweater. Yeah, he's got he's he's got a ring of keys attached to like a loose thread on his sweater. And when he passes out and drops his hand, it's like doo -doo 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 -doo, yeah, it unravels his sweater. <laughs> that's fucking and funny. It's... It's so funny because he's also wearing like all this gear and he passes out and he's got on like a hockey helmet mm -hmm. and his and head just goes thud against the window. He's got cardboard taped to his butt for some reason. Yeah, I don't understand that because he told you so to do that too. tape this to your bum. 
maybe he found something really disturbing in those books. Because he's going to get lashes. The 15 lashes. Ah, there oh, you go. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so this is where Act 1 ends. What are you guys thinking so far? I love it. Yeah, I'm digging it. Um really want to know what's going, you know, where it's going to go from here. Yeah, see, at, at the first time I watched this, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, what, what, like is, is that Santa Claus that killed? Like, why is he barefoot and dirty? What's going on? But yeah, no, it's, it's so far I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. So yeah, act- especially with the gingerbreads. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's just a weird choice that they only eat gingerbread. But uh, so act two picks up. We get the calendar countdown at zero. Cut to Patari's house on Christmas morning. Dad goes to get a fire going and something snaps at him from within the fireplace. Patari comes running down and downstairs and dad fishes out a bear trap that Patari put in there in case of Santa Claus. Mm. Dad, of course, is pissed and grounds him. You are grounded this Christmas. You are not going skating. I don't know why I sounded Scottish, but a really bad Scottish accent. You're not going skating. <laughs> That's, I don't know why that caught me off guard. That made me laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, Patari's look where his dad finds the bear trap and is pissed. And Patari rolls his eyes like, oh, dad. Like, dude, you almost killed your dad. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> then you'd be a fucking orphan and have to live with you so. Right? Then you'd really only be I... living on gingerbread. <laughs> well, I don't know. Later on in the movie, it seems like he's the only one that uh, knows what he's doing. So maybe he would be better off by himself. <laughs> this is true. But Patari, for some reason, goes outside to take a leak because he's like, the dad's like, where are you going? You're grounded. He goes, I got to go to the bathroom. And I got goes, a wee. Yeah, he goes outside. I got a wee. The snow. But while he's and then thinking, he's like, he's like, da, da. And he notices the hog head over the trap is gone. So they they go down to investigate and dad sees feathers and blood on one of the spikes. He pulls back the branches and sees a human hand. He pulls Patari away, not letting him see inside the pit and tells him it's nothing more than a bird. Besides, he's grounded. So go back inside. Look at the birds stuck (laughs) on the tree. They're not birds. It's a Santa Claus. (laughs) Exactly. After a bit, uh, Dad's friend uh, Paparian comes by dressed up like Santa Claus, planning to surprise Patari. But Dad gets uh, gets him to help fish the body out of the pit instead. (laughs) So Patari watches from the window as the two men drag something to Dad's workshop. In the workshop, the two men look at the dead old man and the the down feather jacket. They check his ID, and it's the foreman's ID from the dig site. They decide he must have been one of the men from the dig site, because they have no idea who the fuck he is. Paparian asks Dad if uh, what he plans to tell everyone, reminding him that those wolf pits are illegal. Dad tells him to say nothing, while Paparian's like, er, like Paparian's like, you know, you have to say something. And he goes, whether you like it or not, you're in this now. I'm like, what a dick! <laughs> like he's coming over to like surprise your kid as Santa Claus. You're like, here, help me fish this body out of a pit. And he's like, my he's... kid's grounded. There's a dead man in my in my illegal wolf pit. But then he's like. You know, he's like, hey, you need to tell the authorities. And he's like, you're in this now, fucker. <laughs> like, you're going to help me cover this up. Like, wow, what a jerk. <laughs> but then, of course, Paparian, you know, being a problem solver, looks over and sees the bandsaw and decides, hey, we're going to chop the body up. I mean, that really is logical. <laughs> I mean, I guess. 
<laughs> but think of it like this. They think the wolves got to all of the reindeer, right? True. So if they cut up the body, scatter the bits around. I watch way too much true crime. Yeah, but would anybody, any forensics be fooled by a saw versus teeth? The cuts would be no. far too clean. Well, no, mm-hmm. then they, they gather up the bones. And then they take them over to the ABBA concert going on in Sweden. <laughs> and they present them as a gift. Oh. Or they donate them to Dr. Satan. There you go. For his little, for his lair. Gotcha. For his new chandelier. Yes. <laughs> the bone <laughs> chandelier. Um. Yeah, meanwhile, Patari goes down to check the pit, and in the pit, he finds a burlap sack, and inside that, there's a life-size doll of a boy made out of straw and hay. That thing was fucking creepy looking. Like, (laughs) as soon as he pulled that out, I'm like, nope, put that back in the bag. That is creepy as hell. But It looked like Groot if he was in a horror movie. It, it, It looked like some kind of soulless Blair Witch monster. I don't know, it freaked me out. But... Back in the work shed, the men are getting ready to carve up the body when suddenly he moves. They then jump back and check him cautiously, only to find out he's still breathing. I was like, wow, they really didn't check him that well before they were ready to hit him with the bandsaw. Mm. But Dari peeks in through the window and we see the old man on the table start sniffing at the air. Something has his attention. Dad looks over and catches a glimpse of Patari and he realizes that his son has seen what's going on. He runs outside and finds Patari running away from the house. He calls out to him, telling him to come back and that he's grounded. And Patari is just like, fuck that. <laughs> and he's out. <laughs> so dad tells Paparian to stay, to stay there and have a chat with the old man while he goes to get his son. Dad gets in his truck and follows after Patari, who flags down a cop and hitches a ride. Dad follows. What are you doing? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, right? Eventually, they wind up at Yuso's house, where his dad, Amo, uh, called the cops to report that all of the burlap sacks that he uses for his potato harvest have been stolen. So his potatoes are all there, but all the sacks are gone. And the sheriff also makes a point of mentioning that he's been to almost every house in the village because all of the radiators and ovens Mm -hmm. have gone missing as well. Yep. And then that's when Amo goes, Oh, my wife's hairdryer has been stolen. He goes, what would anyone want with a piece of crap like that? And he goes, in Russia, it's good technology. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking lost it. I don't know why that struck me as so funny, but it was just like, what? Oh, God. But Patari asks uh, where Yuso is, and Amo tells him he's still asleep. So Patari goes to check on him, and what he finds, however, is one of those life-size dolls, just like the one he found in the pit. So he runs out to the men to show him the doll and tell him that Yuso is gone. Amo seems completely unfazed. He's like, eh, he'll be home by nightfall. Meanwhile, the cop is like, eh, he's out chasing skirts. Like, like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Well, he's like, what? We'll say, we'll say that Petey is, we'll say 10 or 11. Yeah. And let's say that Yuso is like 13, 14, <laughs> maybe yeah. 15. I mean, the kid's already smoking and he has a mullet. He this is true. Should probably he should probably have a kid by now too. But also the when when uh when we find him later, you know, he's he's very much like a little eight-year-old boy, like daddy. Like mm. so, you know. I mean granted. Who's the bitch now? <laughs> exactly. 
But back in the workshop, Paparian is trying to uh, talk to the old man who is just lying there motionless. Paparian begins eating a gingerbread cookie because, of course, he does, which gets the old man sniffing at the air again. Paparian waves the cookie over his face, and the old man tries to snap and bite at the air. The old man begins muttering to himself, and Paparian leans in to hear what he's saying, and then the old man lunges at him. He's, like, <laughs> You know what he was actually saying? He was like, fucking teasing me with a gingerbread cookie. I'm going to eat your ear, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we cut back to Yuso's place. Dad gets Amo and tells him that since he can speak English, he needs him to come back to his place to translate something. Patari, Dad, and Amo head home. When they arrive, they find Paparian standing outside the workshop, and it's completely dark out now. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's nighttime. Um, <laughs> but he has the door barricaded shut, and he's missing a chunk of his ear, and he's sopping it up with a rag. Now. <laughs> Paparian's kind of a badass because dude got half of his ear bitten off by an old guy and you never hear him mention it again. He's just like, right. well, I just lost part of my ear. I guess that's my life now. <laughs> he just doesn't <laughs> care. <laughs> it's like, damn, he's that guy's ballsy. And he missed all of his his Santa engagements for the day. This is true. So he ain't getting paid for that either. Nope. <laughs> but. Oh, my God. So he tells the others not to go in the workshop, that the old man is crazy. They send Patari inside the house, and the men head into the workshop anyway. They find the naked old man crouched in the corner. They try to repeatedly talk to him, but he refuses to answer. <laughs> I laugh so hard at this part because they start beating him with a broom. Well, yeah, I said, when he won't answer, they start poking him with a broom, which reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where the old <laughs> yes. guy is... He's just poking, like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, they, they poke him in the broom or poke him with a broom in the corner. <laughs> poke him in the broom. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really dirty. It really does. <laughs> and it oh. really is dirty. <laughs> well, he, he's very dirty in the scene. That's why you got to have cardboard tape to your bum. <laughs> You're going to get poked in your broom. Oh, Lordy. But I'm crying right now, guys. I really am. <laughs> so they decide they can use him as a hostage to attempt to recoup some of their lost revenue from the people running the dig operation. Meanwhile, inside the house, Patari is calling all of his friends only to find out that none of them are home. Surprisingly, none of the parents seem concerned. It's when... Finland. It's a completely different culture. But I'm like, it's it's Christmas morning and you guys are like, ah, fuck it. We'll come home eventually. Back back in the workshop, Dad hears Patari at the door, so he goes outside to see what's the matter. Patari confesses that him and Yuso are the ones that cut the hole in the gate. They went up to the mountain, and he needs to be punished. He hands his dad a switch and tells him 15 lashes ought to do it. That's right, 15 lashes. <laughs> he still has the cardboard taped to his bum, too. He's like, yeah, this will block some of it. Well, he's also wearing, like, hockey padding, too. This is true. And still in the fucking helmet. <laughs> I'm telling you, the kid's smart. He is, apparently. But he's fucking annoying. <laughs> so wow. Paparian uh, calls Dad back into the workshop, and he finds the men standing back uh, from the old man crouched in the corner watching them. They show Dad the broom, and they say he bit it in half. <laughs> so It's like this broken broom handle. So as soon as Patari comes in, the old man smiles and looks over toward, toward him with his eyes glinting like this weird, like, 
It was almost like a yellowy white color. That was kind of yeah. Cool. But the old man stands up and stares. The men look back at Batari, uh, noticing that the old man is staring at him. Dad grabs him and drags him down to the old man, asking him if he knows him, pointing out that the old man seems to know who he is. And Batari goes, he knows all the kids. He's been spying on us. He's Santa Claus. Batari mm. tells him that they dug him up in the mountain and he's come to get them. Just then, Santa... Oh, good. Unlike Georgie, this Santa is naked, but not dickless. <laughs> no, there is there is a scene that we will get to coming up. <laughs> there is, are lots of wings. There's lots of helicopter dicks. It's the most terrifying scene in the entire movie. Um, <laughs> but so they uh, yeah. So just then Santa starts approaching. Patari hides behind his dad and the men threaten Santa with their guns. Amo takes a shot at the wall, forcing Santa to sit back down. I love it because Santa's just slowly approaching, like smiling. And then Amo shoots at the wall, and he's like, nope, sorry. <laughs> he just sits back down, like, oops, my bad. <laughs> they then tie him up and chain him from the ceiling. And it's kind of creepy. He's just, like, hanging there in a little bag, staring at all of them, smiling. In a tarp. I think it's the tarp that they use to drag him out of the wolf pit. I think it is. But they're just, he's just grinning at them, watching them eat gingerbread cookies. Oh, so suddenly the radio goes off in the jack uh, in the jacket that Santa was wearing. It's the boss from the dig site thinking he's calling the foreman. He's asking if the package is ready, saying, is Santa ready to fly? The men get on the radio and explain they have Santa, but they're willing to sell. So this is where act two ends. What are you guys thinking at this point? It's all about the ginger men, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I have a note here going, why are there so many gingerbread cookies? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm craving gingerbread cookies ever since I watched it. Right? It's like, damn. But the the I'm old gonna, dude. Oh, good. I'm gonna have to make some this year. I think. Bring them to the party. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the the old dude is genuinely creeping me out. Like th- this whole sequence with the naked old man, he's creepy as crap. I don't like him. They're they're all fucking dirty too, as we'll see. They are, but this one in particular, it's that like that grin that he does. Like his face is kind of gaunt. So when yeah. he smiles, it's just like beard and mustache hair and a mouthful of teeth. <laughs> it's creepy looking. Well, at least it is a mouthful of teeth. This is true. You know, not abscesses and other <laughs> things. Raw nerves hanging down from his gums. Yeah. Oh, man. So act three opens up. We cut to the uh, the men traveling in dad's truck. This Santa's... is fucking hilarious to me. He's in a fucking go-go dancing cage. <laughs> in the back it's of the truck. Standing upright in said cage while they're driving really fast through snow. And I get it. It's Finland. It snows a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's probably only two <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. But right. <laughs> how they like, what is he... How did they tie him the cage down? I don't think they did. I think they're just like, eh, it won't tip. Let's go. The magic the magic of Christmas will keep him upright. And then when they get there, it's like they go to the back of the truck and it's like <laughs> Alakazam, bibbity bam. And he's all of a sudden on a dolly. Well, no, they didn't even put him on a dolly. They they literally lifted him up. It shows him carry him. Like they're they're literally carrying the cage out of the truck. Like what? So it's clearly not that heavy because the three of them are picking it up. But well, Santa looks like he weighs about fifty pounds soaking wet. 
That's but why it, he wants a gingerbread man. This is true. I do have to say, though, it's fucking creepy. When, like, he's dressed up in Paparian Santa Claus outfit. And they have him in the back of the truck. And, like, you see the three men sitting in the front seat and uh, Patari sitting in the back seat. And, like, we get this great angle of, like, Patari sitting there staring ahead and Santa crouching down and just smiling in the window at him. I'm like, oh, that's fucking creepy. Yeah. But it was very Pennywise, like, the way he looked at that kid. But as they mm-hmm. travel, they discuss how much they should ask for. And uh, Dad wants them to just cover their lost money. Paparian thinks that's uh, that's too little stating that the original real Santa Claus is going to make someone very rich. We should ask for a million. So they arrive at the hangars by the dig site where the men had gone missing. They get out of the truck as a helicopter approaches. Amo finds his wife, his wife's hairdryer lying in the snow. So curious. Uh, the helicopter he lands. sniffs it and sticks it in his pants. He does. <laughs> oh, the technology is still good. <laughs> <laughs> But the helicopter lands, and the boss of the dig operation, Riley, gets out to greet the men. He asks where his men are and what's going on. The other men ignore that. They're just like, we want 85000 for Santa. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> so Riley wants to see the cargo. So they go and get caged Santa down from the truck. And again, I love it. They just pick him up, and they're like, alley-oop. And just carry him <laughs> down. Riley looks at him and tells the men to put their guns down and smile, saying everyone needs to be nice. The men are understandably confused. Riley goes on to tell them that this isn't Santa, but rather one of his helpers, one of the elves. Patari notices on the hangar, one of the doors says 24, and he says the final door. (laughs) The the men get pissed at at Riley, thinking he's fucking with them. Suddenly, all the lights go out, and Riley tells them that Santa is going to find out who's naughty or nice. We hear the pilot scream as he's dragged off into the darkness by something. All around them, we see a group of naked old men with weapons approaching. That is fucking terrifying. Uh, and when like you say scene. weapons. Well, they, they were doubly armed. Yes. <laughs> it's like a scene straight from Niagara Falls. <laughs> well, yeah, this time of year, you know, if you got to stay off of Pine Avenue because there's roving <laughs> bands of naked old men. Yes. It is the Festival of Lights. <laughs> The festival of balls. The fest- I was gonna say the festival of saggy balls. Didn't the Hershey's <laughs> do a commercial where there were like naked men with like Hershey kisses as I bells? Think, I think this is a fever dream you had. No, yeah, I, no, because those are. I don't. No, re- I. Mm, I don't I'm gonna have. I'm this. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look it up on YouTube. You're gonna have to be careful yeah, you- with those searches. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you have have safe. I hope you have a good. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh shit! But Riley tells the men they're protecting their master, and then bam, he gets a pickaxe to the skull. Bye, bye, Riley. That's the only death we see on screen. So and it's so anticlimactic. There's like no blood. And and there goes their money. Yep. Well, we think (laughs) (laughs) they they find a way later. Um. But yeah, so Dad calls out for Patari and notices the open hangar door. They run to find him inside, and, uh, and Patari is staring at the real Santa, this giant monstrosity in a block of ice. All around the frozen Santa, we see the radiators and ovens that were stolen from the town, along with the town's children in burlap sacks. <laughs> they put him in potato sacks. Yep. Patari and they tells... only untie 
you you so. Yep. And the well, other kids they, are still squirming around like mama dada mama. <laughs> they do put Yuso back in the burlap sack though. They do. So Putari tells them that the elves made a nest for Santa and they're trying to defrost him. Amo immediately starts looking for his son in the piles of sack children. <laughs> the elves try to break into the hangar. Uh, Rhino or whatever, Dad and Paparian <laughs> begin barricading the doors to keep them out. Patari notices a giant hole in the roof and a shitload of dynamite that was used on the dig. He comes up with a plan. He explains to the men that as long as the children are there, the elves won't leave the hangar. So the plan is simple. Get the helicopter, pull the kids into the cargo net, and airlift them out of the hangar. Um, and then they cut, so they can kind of pied piper the elves away from the hangar. Meanwhile, and dad, oh good. The dude abides. That's true. Mm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, dad and Amo can lace the block of ice with the explosives. And once everyone is clear, they can blow Santa the fuck up. <laughs> so the dude, as you called him, the Paparian, slowly sneaks out of the hangar <laughs> And feeds the naked old men gingerbread cookies to distract them. So apparently he's just got a never-ending <laughs> supply of gingerbread on his person. And it's so funny because he like he sniffs and goes, mmm, then takes a bite and then like throws it. And one by one, you see the elves dropping their weapons. Yeah, they're like, and, oh. like scampering over to the cookies. Right. <laughs> naked dick swinging. <laughs> just ooh, cookie. <laughs> Helicopter dick, helicopter dick. <laughs> Speaking of helicopter, he gets to the helicopter and they hook up the net filled with kids. <laughs> Patari climbs aboard the net and they take off, leading the elves away. Meanwhile, Dad and Amo get to work with the explosives. Out in the woods, Patari suggests leading the elves to the pen that they had set up for the reindeer. And I'm like, how the fuck does this kid not fall off when they're swinging around on the net? Like, they show... Paparian, like, circles the helicopter... To like the side, the net literally swings up at like a ninety degree angle, and Pitari's just holding on to the side of it, going "Yahoo!" Like no adrenaline. Yeah. Also, the CGI in this scene did not age well at all. Um, it's kind of like watching the CGI just in the scene is kind of like watching a really bad version of uh, the Polar Express. I was gonna say it definitely had Polar Express vibes to it. So. Mm -hmm. But uh, so Amo and, and dad finish their job and decide they're going to take Santa's horns as trophy because why the fuck not? So they chainsaw them off. Back to Patari and Paparian. They're hovering above the pen, but they realize the gates are closed. Paparian tells Patari that they need to come up with a new plan, but Patari insists that they need to go and open, open the gate. Paparian tells him there's no time and that he wouldn't be able to pick him back up. But Patari tells him, I'm not coming back. And he leaps off the net, lands on the power lines and somehow does not get electrocuted. Um, climbs down the, the little like the electric fence, <laughs> opens the gate and turns on the power to uh, electrify the fence. We see the elves coming over the hill toward the pen. Patari yells on the radio to Paparian to tell his dad what he did. The music swells. We get a close-up of Patari looking terrified and a sea of naked old men rushing toward him. This is the scariest scene in the entire movie. Just wrinkled, yeah. wrinkled old man nuts swinging at you. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a sea of them. There was just a bunch of nuts coming at you. It was like, nope, that's terrifying. Unless that's your thing, you know? Who knows? 
That Hershey Kiss thing you were talking about, you know, you never know. Might be somebody's thing out there. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Dad and Amo. They drive to a safe distance, hit the trigger on the explosives, and blow Santa the fuck up. As soon and Dad as... looks so satisfied. He really does. He's like, I got your horns, bitch. As soon as Santa's gone, the elves stop in their tracks, lost without their master. The next day, the men, uh, the blah, blah, blah. next day, the men, Patari and Yuso, look at the pen of the elves that they've decided uh, that they've, you know, corralled up. And they randomly decide that each one is worth 85,000. Like, not sure who they're going to sell them to, but all right, they're worth 85,000. And they have mm-hmm. 198 of them. So that's a lot of scratch. Cut to the calendar countdown 312 days until Christmas. They hose off all the naked men and clean them up. It's like in Super Troopers. <laughs> yeah, with the, the hose where they're just spraying them. Yeah. Is it Farva? Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. They're just <laughs> spraying him and then you see his little dick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they then dress them up and start teaching them how to be good to children. I love Which is they- fucking creepy. It is, but they're, they're teaching them like how to be a traditional Santa. Like a kid sits on your lap tells you what they want and you give them presents but i love the one because they go to hand him the present to give to the kid and he throws the kid down and starts shaking the box (laughs) and they're like no 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 and they pick the kid back up and he's like oh okay but we see 24 days until christmas uh we then see the dead-eyed elves dressed like santa claus they're being crated up in wooden ship wooden shipping crates that says live cargo rare exports so the whole movie is about elven trafficking. Yep, because we pan out to see a hangar filled with these shipping crates, and Patari staples shipping manifestos to all the crates. They load them up on a plane to be shipped all over the world as replacement Santa Claus. The <laughs> credits, the end. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's all about you know human trafficking or elven yeah. trafficking, <laughs> as you said. So uh, final thoughts, honestly, uh, find fun for the whole family. Minus the, it dance. really is. It really is. <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, this is, this is a very interesting Christmas horror movie that is somewhat lighthearted. Like it's a very lighthearted Christmas horror. Like, like we said, there's only one on screen death. Like, you know, there's very little violence in the entire movie, but I do wish we got to see giant Santa in action. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe he start like maybe he thaws out and starts to like come at them like a Santazilla. <laughs> you like, stole my horns. Like Clownzilla <laughs> and Killer Clowns. <laughs> yeah. Picks up the truck and throws it. No. Now that would have been fun though, just to see actual like maybe like he the, the if they had done something like have the ice crack and like Santa start to come out right as they hit the explosion, that would have been cool. But you yeah. Know. Instead, it's just they used all their their budget on the CGI Polar Express scene. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say they used all their money paying a bunch of naked old men. <laughs> so we am got I this... the only one who, when you see somebody or a bunch of people like naked old people on on the screen in a movie, you're like, how much did they have to get paid to do that? You know, I I have had that thought before, but. There have been enough times where there have been films with naked old people and I've listened to commentary tracks or heard directors talk about it. And a lot of times people are just excited to be in a movie like like the yeah, naked old I lady mean, in The Shining. But I, mm. like female, you know, females don't get paid extra to be naked. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's the same for men. 
well, I could be there, wrong, but there is no there, there. You do get paid more to to show nudity on screen, um, if like you're an established actor, you know, like they're like, okay, well, we'll pay you a little bit more because there's a nude scene, um, like Anna Paquin in True Blood, which I'm finally watching. It's okay, um, I have <laughs> I have no desire to see that. I I used to I used to catch Jess watching it all the time, and I would just run through the room, and go suck it, and run away. <laughs> But um, but not like I I do know that a lot of extras that that get naked on film like they don't get paid any like it's not like an exorbitant amount. Um, a lot of times it's it's volunteer stuff or they're like, you know, well oh we'll toss you a couple of bucks to show your goodies. <laughs> it's like it's it's not a lot. But then part of me is like, how comfortable in their bodies are they that they're like, yeah, well, I got yes. a little micro penis. I'm 85 years old. Well, that's what you got to figure at this point. These guys are like, fuck it. I lived my life. I'm going to be in a movie. Fuck. That's cool. You know? And also it's really only here in the United States that we're so uptight about nudity. Like everywhere else in the world, they're just like, fuck it. Show a dick on the news. Nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, you're not not wrong. Right. (laughs) I mean, granted in Japan, they can't show pubic hair, but you know, they still, it, it doesn't matter. Like, they have game shows where people are topless. Like, it, they don't care. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's just maybe that's just my insecurity, but it's about it's, myself. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I I totally totally understand what you mean, but I'm just saying, like because I don't want to get naked on film. <laughs> like I definitely understand, but I think that is just again an American thing. I feel like uh, you know the rest of the world is very like open about nudity, especially like over in Europe. Like there's just they don't care at all. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, well, I shouldn't say the rest of the world because I know there, there are parts, you know, of the world that are even more uptight than we are about nudity, but you know, that's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation for another podcast. But, um, so yeah, overall final thoughts on this film, definitely good flick. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, it's, it's short. It's like, like we said, it is a slow burn, but once it gets going, it really gets going. And, um, like, I, I feel like this is the type of movie that you, you really could watch, you know, with just about anybody, like, as long as you're not uptight about the nudity, because there's not much violence. Yeah. So. No. But uh, there really is not a lot of trivia on here. The only trivia that I had, so this is the second movie in a row that we've had, like, no trivia on, because Puka had nothing. Um, but uh, this, like, I already mentioned that Rhino and Petey were real life father and son. And... um the foreman's passport, uh, the first several digits are the digits of pi, which I thought was interesting. Huh. Yeah. You only see it briefly, but that's like just a little, little nod there. But really, there's nothing else. Like, there was like three things in the trivia. But yeah, so you guys have any any last, uh, last things you want to add to this? So this is definitely a short episode, but uh, anyone who's been listening we'll get uh mike's birthday episode which more than makes up for the shorter episodes <laughs> i think that no, this just, is just oh i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say it's a it's a good uh hol- um, holiday horror flick and uh you know watch it if you haven't yeah totally agree i think that this is another example of a movie that is a we all liked, so there wasn't as much to like joke about and pick fun at. Yeah. 
totally agree. But it's it's really good. I if it's streaming on Hulu right now, if you want to watch it for free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which is I, I recommend it, which it. is which is weird because the last like four years or so, it's been on strictly Amazon. And the funny right. thing is, leading into this month, it was on Amazon because when oh, I was checked, when I checked back in November when we were putting together the list, it was still on Amazon. So it started streaming on Hulu. I want to say it was like after Thanksgiving <laughs> that it started streaming on Hulu. It's still on Amazon, but, but you now have to pay rent. now. Yeah. yeah. So I watched it for free. I, I enjoyed this movie. If I had to pay to rent it, I would again. But <clears throat> Oh, absolutely. Excuse me. Honestly, pretty much every movie that we've watched for the uh, Christmas Horror Round 3 I, I would have gladly paid for, except for Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. That one is, is awful. Um, so I'm glad that got to watch that one for free. But <laughs> Puka, yeah, I, I liked that one. This one I liked. And um, I already know that I like the next episode. So, Oh, I love the next one. What is Puka streaming on out of curiosity? Because And Dawn, thank you for filling in Ooh. for me last week. Yeah, it's Hulu? a Hulu okay. original. Hulu. Yep. It's uh the what is it into the dark their horror series, um and 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 as I said in the, in the episode like the sequel is well worth the time as well, so it Puka lives is yes. that what it's called the sequel yeah yeah it has nothing to do with the first one other than Puka, but uh, it's it's a fun it's a fun film, but yeah so I guess uh, we're gonna end up getting out of here pretty early this time around uh, so. Our social media for anyone who isn't following is the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter. And what is that good, sir? That Boogeyman's the. Thank you very much. We are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. Um, If you haven't checked out Rad Pantheon, check out radpantheon.com or Rad Pantheon on all the socials where you'll find other podcasts like this one, as well as uh, musicians and artists. A lot of cool people doing cool stuff. Uh, we do have a Patreon. It is $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as an exclusive every month. Um, the higher tiers get you stuff in the mail and get you a chance to pick episodes. So if you liked the Dawn of the Dead uh, Omay pick, that is how you get on there as, as Patreon. Um, but our next episode, for anyone who wants to watch it, uh, it's our last Christmas episode, will be 164 christmas evil so we finally got that one on here as well another one that has been on the list since year one so glad to finally get it on but uh all right anyone have any last minute things they want to say before we get get out of here for the day nope we all good mm, nope swinging old man nuts and with that i like oh wait <laughs> i like cheese we had no i like cheese today this is true well because no because this this one is i like gingerbread that's okay. <laughs> Cheese right, wasn't allowed in this that. episode. <laughs> they couldn't afford it after all those reindeer died. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. So, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. I like cheese. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned.